So that would be my advice. That would be my advice to anyone who has been thinking about doing stuff. The fact that you are a mother of five or a mother of zero, burdened down with a heavy job, it doesn't matter because it's the stuff that I'm doing now outside of my nine to five that is making me happier, that I've discovered myself and my self-worth, my passion for HR, all of those things that have inspired me to do the things that I'm doing now. I'm not my nine to five. So I would say you got to do the things that make you happy. Do you want to be a leader who gets noticed, gets things done and gets real results? Then you need influence and authority. Join host Jennifer McClure to learn how to build authority, expand your influence and increase your impact. This is the Impact Makers Podcast with Jennifer McClure. Hey there, Impact Makers. I am so thankful that you're joining me today for episode 44 of the Impact Makers Podcast. The reason that this podcast exists is to bring you tools, tips, and resources to help you build a career that you love and to live a life that matters. And I love introducing you to people that I believe are truly making a difference out there in the world who can inspire you to take action in your own life or help you to discover paths to impact that you may not have considered possible for yourself before. Today's guest is one of those inspiring people, and I hope that you'll listen closely as she shares how she's taken intentional steps to grow her career and her network and also to increase her impact. And she's just getting started. My friend Julie Turney describes herself as a people champion, and she's a woman of many talents who wears many different hats. She's a mom, a human resources manager, an HR performance coach, an HR disruptor, a public speaker, and she's the host of the HR Sound Off podcast show. She's also currently writing her first book, In Her Spare Time, of course, so she'll soon be adding published author to her collection of titles. And she's accomplished all of those things and more while living on the tiny, and beautiful island of Barbados. Since I first connected with Julie a little over a year ago, I've been super impressed with the growth that I've seen in her personally and professionally as she's continued to expand her network and has challenged herself to say yes to sometimes hard and scary things, all while continuing to work full-time and during a global pandemic that has isolated herself and her fellow Bayesians from the rest of the world. I think that you'll find some inspiration in Julie's approach to growth and creating impact in the world. And if you can get past the first few minutes of me fangirling out and grilling her about Rihanna's whereabouts on the island, you'll be glad you did. Well, good afternoon, Julie. How are you doing today? I am doing great. How are you? I'm doing so well. It's sometimes unfortunate that people can't see the video. You and I are chatting on video just to make it more of a personal conversation, but you have such a lovely smile and you make me so happy to see you. (laughs) The feeling is mutual. And this is the reverse because I remember interviewing you a couple months back. So (laughs) (laughs) And I, I also, before we started recording, I mentioned to you that when I do talk to you, I feel like I hear the ocean in the background because you're in lovely Barbados and, and you I were, you, you dashed all my hopes and dreams and said, it's just a fan. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> so I think the takeaway from this, handy dandy fan. <laughs> yeah, the takeaway from this podcast is for me to get a fan and then just dream of being on the beach in Barbados. <laughs> that, that's, that's right. Mine's is the reverse. I, I use my fan. So give me my Beyonce moments. There you go. I, I mean, <laughs> more reasons to get a fan. Um, 
Well, Julie, I've come across you. I don't even remember when maybe we can discover that in this conversation, but have found you lovely, delightful, intriguing, and inspiring. So that's why you are here today on the Impact Makers podcast. So before we kind of figure out how we did connect along the way, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Who are you and who does our audience need to know more about? Oh, wow. Who am I? Wow. I stumped you right (laughs) off the bat. That's good. (laughs) So. I'm originally from the UK. I was born and bred Manchester, UK. I'm a huge Manchester United fan, and I don't want anyone to debate me on that. Good, bad, or indifferent, that is my team and has been my team since I was about seven years old. Okay. My father is Jamaican. My, well, I should say was. My father passed away four years ago. My mom is Barbadian. And we moved to Barbados when I was 13 years old. And so I've been between Barbados and the UK for most, if not all of my life, because all of my family still lives in the UK. My brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, everybody still lives in the UK. So it's just me and my mom and my children that live in Barbados. I have three children, two boys, one girl. And I always joke to them and tell them they are all Barbadians. So they were all born in Barbados and and I wasn't. And I always joke to them and say to them, well, I'm a Brit Bajan. So I'm a British, Bajan, Jamaican, (laughs) a mashup mix up kind of person. But, and it shows in my personality because I believe that I'm very colorful, but I still have the dryness of the UK humor that comes out of me every once in a while. Yeah. I have a beautiful relationship with humor resources I I love it to no end. I just love championing for people. I love to see people achieve their best. And I love to see people grow and develop in their roles. And I found out that I really loved human resources. Uh, About 15 years ago, I was introduced by a mentor of mine. Honestly, never thought that I would actually enter the profession. I came out of sales and marketing. And that's where I started my career at 19 years of age in sales and marketing. And I just knew that I liked interacting with people. I didn't like sales. And at the time, I was selling cash registers and scales. And um, it was a very interesting experience for me. And out of that, I learned that I really like working with people. And so coming out of that, I entered into administration and then developed my career in human resources to where I am now. I do practice particularly agile HR just because I like to to do things, not just in a quick way, but I feel like people deserve products and services with a quick turnaround and not so much stress over process and more mainly thinking about the people and what they can achieve. And so that's what I do. I do have a day job. I do have a nine to five (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, where I do work for a small tech company here as their HR manager, but I also have a couple of things I do on the side. I do run Disrupt HR for Barbados and we just added Jamaica and Trinidad soon to come along. And I have my podcast, HR Sound Off, and I teach adult HR and I coach HR professionals as well. So that is me in a nutshell. And I'm in the process of writing my first book. That is me. I, I suddenly feel very inadequate with all that you're doing. <laughs> oh, no, no. I thought I was good. For, I was like, I got, up, I got up today. That was a big accomplishment for me. <laughs> well, I have so many questions from what you said. I mean, I guess I'm going to just go ahead and ask before. You know, it's going to be a bad question either way. But, mm-hmm. um, 
<laughs> Barbados is not that big. And we mm-hmm. all know who one of your most famous residents is. <laughs> do you know, Bar- do you know Rihanna? <laughs> I do not know Rihanna. What? Everybody there I, doesn't know Rihanna? <laughs> everybody does not know Rihanna. No. I know when Rihanna is in the island because her house is not far from mine. But other than that, I've never met her. Don't know her. Wow. Well, then I'm just going to have to come down there and we're going to have to sorry, make it. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> just going to walk right over and introduce ourselves. <laughs> I'm shocked that everyone on Barbados does not know Rihanna. <laughs> you know, it's so funny that there's one thing you'll, you'll learn fast about Bajans is that they don't really care so much about famous people per se. A lot of famous pe- people come on this island and sometimes you only hear about it after the fact. So like two weeks ago, there was a big set of fuss because Drake was here. Mm-hmm. And everybody in my office was like, so do you know that Drake is here? And I was like, no. And apparently he had a private party at a restaurant, which is not far from me either. So people were like, so you're going to crash Drake's party? I'm like, no. Um, but <laughs> Sounds like they do people- care a little bit. <laughs> Some people do care, but when Rihanna is here, when Rihanna is here, not so much because this is her home. And so you want her to feel comfortable in her home and in her space, right? So I don't think that many people kind of like run up to her per se. And she goes to the same beach that I go to. I always miss, miss her on the beach. I'm either too late or too early. And, um, Yeah, but outside of, and she just goes and has a good time and mixes with people because this is her home and you want her to feel like, you know, comfortable in her home space. But I think tourists more so would bother her than we would. Well, sure, I would probably. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, Rihanna. So a lot of people out there are probably going, we have talked for five minutes about Rihanna, but I think there were some good takeaways in there. Just don't care. Let people be, let them live their lives. (laughs) That's how Bajans are. That's how Bajans are. All right. Uh, You mentioned when you were talking about kind of uh, when you started in human resources, you mentioned a mentor that kind of helped you to see what HR could be like. And I'm always interested in hearing about people who impact others. So how did you get to know that person and what was it about them that kind of helped you to see that this might be a career that you wanted to head into? So she actually was my boss. When you were in sales and marketing, right? No, when I was in administration. Okay. So when I was in administration, one of the first jobs I had was at our local university in one of their departments for higher education of adult and adult learning. And she was the finance manager in that organization. And at that time, admin reported directly to her. And so... In one of our many conversations, talking about people or some particular thing we were talking about, I don't remember, it might have even been student related. And she said to me, you know, Julie, have you ever considered, you know, developing a career in human resources? And I said to her, no. She said, I I really think you should consider that because you're really good with people and you really know how how to champion for people you know, even in what you do with students and how you help students to develop their courses and stuff like that and their electives and making the right choices, you know, the words to use. So 
she kind of inspired me to go dig a little deeper, see what more I could find out about human resources. And it's so funny because it is a higher learning facility. So I had all of the materials at hand. I did start to look at some of the books and I was like, hmm, this doesn't seem so bad. And then I started to do some research. I went back and I asked her some more questions. And I was like, well, do you have friends in HR that I could possibly like talk to or just to get some experience from them and understand like what this job really entails? And she introduced me to a few people and the rest is history. I, I took a course. And not too long after that, I got my first job in human resources as an admin for a gas and oil company. And it just went from there. (laughs) I love hearing those stories because I think it really helps people if they're paying attention to see how anyone can make an impact on someone's life, you know, by just identifying someone's skills or talents, bringing it to their attention, making some suggestions making introductions to people where they can learn, even if it's not what you're doing. So I really appreciate her for kind of setting you on this path that you've been on over these last few years. So now that you've been in human resources for a few years, what is it that you both love about it wouldn't change? And part two, what is it that you would change about the profession or the work that human resources professionals do if you could? What I love about the profession is, especially the stage that we are in right now, so I'm super excited, especially to be in HR right now, because I think that we're going to be given the opportunity to really guide and develop what the future of work is going to look like. The fact that we are a profession that is continually morphing into something different all the time. So if you think of how human resources first started, to where we are now, we are not the administrative people pushing people that we were in days of old. We are now guiding strategy, working with the C-suite and building business strategy. You know, we're developing talent. We're helping to create awesome cultures. We're collaborating. We are understanding the business in its full context so that we could deliver products and services that are really going to benefit people in that space. And we're watching people develop in their roles as they go along. So for me, that's what I love. That's what I'm excited about. What I'm not excited about, what I don't really like so much is, I I tell people this all the time, I'm not an industrial relations fanatic at all, by any stretch of the imagination. The one thing that I hate, and I do hate it, is I, I hate to let people go. It's one thing when you do it when people deserve it, but... You know, I think we all have, all of us in HR at some point in time have let someone go that didn't really deserve to be let go. And in those moments, I hate that. I really do. I also feel like we've had to fight for so long for respect. Actually, my daughter showed me a post last night that broke my heart. Can I tell you what it was? Yes, please. She showed me a post last night that I think came off of Instagram, somewhere between Instagram and Twitter. And the post came up as a result of what happened with George Floyd. But the post said, if the police are putting their knees down in the necks of people, imagine what HR and other and medical doctors and so on are doing to people outside of that behind doors that we don't know. 
But the fact that they were able to make this analogy and put HR first and kind of make it seem as though, you know, our profession is such that we are creating such bad experiences for people that you could actually equate what happened to George Floyd to what the impact that human resources have on people immediately broke my heart. Like I didn't even think about anything else that came after that. The fact that you said, if the police are doing this to someone, imagine what HR is doing behind closed doors. Hmm. That broke my heart. I've seen all kinds of things be said about HR, but that post that she showed me last night, I cannot lie to you. It broke my heart. Yeah, well, I think that's... uh... There's a lot to unpack in that for sure. And and as you said, first of all, it's just heartbreaking in general, the whole situation. But there are people out there, as as you mentioned, who have negative experiences with human resources as as they do with other professions. But, you Mm -hmm. know, when, when it's your profession, you want to stand up for it and say, hey, First of all, you don't agree with that in, no. in terms of if that is how HR is treating people mm-hmm. and what can we do to change that. So I know you're yes. doing several things mm-hmm. uh, in addition to being a busy mom and a, a busy full-time professional. You have, as you mentioned earlier, a lot of side hustles going on and things yeah. that you kind of just continue to add to your plate where you are trying to make a difference out there in the world, yes. in your community, and, and again, beyond your community. Mm-hmm. Both for the HR professional and just for business people, business women in general. So yes. what was the first thing that you did kind of outside of your regular job where you were either offering your services, even if it's, you know, for no compensation at the beginning, where you were doing something to kind of build additional opportunities for yourself outside of your work? So the first thing that I did was I took on mentorships. So I took the opportunity to develop relationships with fellow HR professionals, either new and aspiring or professionals who were already working in the space. And two of those mentorships happened organically, just like HR professionals who I was talking to over time that just keep kept asking me for advice and guidance on certain things. And then one of them happened because I put myself in a situation where I agreed to be a mentor for our local HR association. And I took on my first mentee, I think maybe late last year, sometime around there. And amazing young lady who actually wasn't quite sure where she wanted to go or what she wanted to do. And she was actually in a different space, sales and marketing, but just knew she, she did her master's in HR and but couldn't find a job because, you know, there's always that question of, you know, I've done this degree. How do I get now into the profession that I want to be in? And so I took the opportunity to kind of help her, coach her, guide her through that. And it just turned into a a really great friendship. So we meet every once in a while, even now, and just talk about different things. I actually introduced her to HR summer school, Mm -hmm. which happened a couple of months, but she loved it, loved it. Thanks to shout out to Ben Eubanks and HR Summer School. Yes, great, great job. And uh, she said you blew her away, by the way. Oh, well, I was the best 15 minutes of the three days. You were. <laughs> you, were. School. you were the highlight, the highlight of it. I was there for that. There's all of that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So that was my first thing. 
Yeah, I love when you started to think about expanding your wings. The first thing that you did was look about how you could help others. I think, Mm -hmm. again, too often we think about, well, I want to do more or I want to make additional income or I want to grow my career. You know, what do I need to do for me instead of thinking about what I already have that I can offer to others Mm -hmm. and grow at the same time? Exactly. And so we know there are many people out there who are either, I'm sure you get them through LinkedIn as well as I do, Mm -hmm. you know, people that you don't know who just say, hey, would you mentor me? And I (laughs) I don't recommend that approach. That's not the way it works. Uh, You Mm -hmm. mentioned a couple of the people that you knew already, and then the other was kind of a professional connection. But Mm -hmm. what have you done or did you put something together in terms of some structure around your mentorship of these individuals or did it just happen kind of organically? So like I said, the first two happened very organically, where we would just meet periodically, you know, catch up and have discussions about this is where I'm at right now, or this is what I'm experiencing right now. This is something that I'm looking to put into my organization. Is it something that you have? And if it isn't, it became more like a research and development and growing together kind of thing. Because that's the other thing about mentorships. I do believe that mentorships is a 50-50 relationship. It's not just about the mentor giving you everything, but it's also about the mentee also taking in, doing the work, but then also sharing as well. So Those two, like I said, happen very organically that way. But with the one that I did with our local HR association, there was structure around that. So you had to meet at certain times of the week. You had to have some particular objective that you were looking to achieve the week that you met. You had to be able to share some kind of information with the mentee so that they would benefit from being mentored. And I kind of just actually did what I did when I did the organic mentorships. I shared books, I shared groups, I shared people that I thought that she should meet. I shared things like HR summer school, anything that was coming up virtually that I thought she should be a part of. And then I also introduced her to Disrupt HR. So she's actually one of my organizers now. And she's learned a lot because there are other the other organizers who make up our team are also HR professionals in some way or form and or want to be HR professionals in some way or form. And so that's kind of pretty much how we developed it. But I'm very off the cuff. I, I don't like much structure. <laughs> but it, I think it is interesting that the kind of format that you followed with her is very similar to what the person who originally introduced you to HR did with you. Mm-hmm. both connecting her with resources, but also introducing her to people, getting her involved in organizations where she could kind of spread her own wings. You mentioned Disrupt HR Barbados, and I yes. that, I don't know yes. if we had connected prior to that, but you certainly had reached out. I, mean, I was really excited when I got the intake form for somebody wanting to organize mm-hmm. Disrupt HR events in Barbados. How did you come across Disrupt HR? What are your goals and visions for it? I know you are building an empire. So just tell us why. (laughs) Tell us why and what. (laughs) Oh, wow. So I first came into contact with Disrupt HR through Disrupt HR London. Katrina Katrina Collier. Collier. Shout out to you, my friend. You are awesome. Katrina, so I'm, I went to a Disrupt H, my first Disrupt HR event about two years ago, and I kind of just stayed in the shadows. 
But then the second event that I went to, I actually met Katrina. And after the event, I asked her, you know, hey, um, could you tell me like how I would go about getting this event in Barbados? It just blew me away. The format, the crowds of people and like the engagement, the fact that you were just listening to people for five minutes at a time, which is probably all my attention span can handle anyway. And just listen to all of these people talk about amazing things to help you create a better workspace or for you to be a better person. And I really was blown away by it. She said, well, hey, this is what you do. You go to this website. This is the website. You go, you apply. Jennifer McClure is the person who is the brainchild behind all of this. When she reaches out to you, you're going to see she's amazing. She's amazing. You're going to love her. And so I did what Katrina told me to. I went onto the website. I applied to have it run in Barbados. And then I met you and she was right. You are amazing. And I was, you have made such an impact on my life. It's, it's not even funny. But that's how I first got introduced to Disrupt HR. And so Disrupt HR Barbados was supposed to happen March 24th this year. COVID-19 came and changed all of that. And so we've still been working in the background. We had planned 16 speakers because I was like, go big or go home is the first one. We really want to knock this out of the park and really want to impress people in the Caribbean and we want people to feel like they want to be a part of Disrupt HR. We had 16 amazing speakers from all over the world. I was actually surprised by the response that we got. I'm but still surprised some- that you're surprised that people would be like Barbados. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was super, super surprised. And um, so we had 16 speakers lined up and I still had speakers who had applied that I hadn't been able to accept at the time that we were looking to run over into the next one. And COVID-19 came, <sighs> boy, and it really did disappoint me for a while. And then I was like, you know what? Julie, in true agile form, let's pivot and figure this out. And so we did with the team and I got together and we decided, okay, let's pivot. Let's try to figure out what we could do differently. I was like, but we are not sacrificing the face-to-face interaction. And they were asking me like, so what's being said on the Disrupt HR chat? And I was like, well, so for what I'm seeing right now, we're going to keep that face-to-face format. I voted to keep the face-to-face format because I think that it's, it's crucial Disrupt HR is like no other event I've ever seen. And I I would hate to see that sacrifice. So we did a virtual happy hour, our very first virtual happy hour. And that went really well. After that, we were kind of like thinking, okay, so what could we do next? Because with Disrupt HR, while you have that format, there are other things that you could do. So I started to look around at other disrupt HR chapters around the world and see what people are doing differently. So we actually came up with something that's going to happen next month which I'm super excited for. So we decided to introduce a Meet the Speaker series that we're going to do virtually, where we're going to have one major speaker that ordinarily we would never see unless we went to SHRM or CIPD or ATD or something like that. And we're going to get that speaker to to come speak, then do a question and answer segment. And then we're going to do one-on-one virtual get to know yous. And we're going to have some virtual sponsor booths. So we're going to use the Hopin platform Um, which I've been using a lot during lockdown and I really do like the format. So we're going to give that a try. So August 21st is going to be our first virtual Meet the Speaker event. And our first speaker out of the gate is going to be Megan Newhouse. 
and she's from Chicago, I think. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. But not Barbados. <laughs> not Barbados. Not Barbados. But again, I met Megan on LinkedIn through Eric Kershaw. And she's an amazing lady. And so she's going to be our first speaker out of the gates for Meet the Speak Disrupt HR Academy and introduces Meet the Speaker series. And I'm looking forward to that on August 21st. I love that. But yeah, so my plan is to scale it, have our Meet the Speaker virtual events prior to our face-to-face events. But our first face-to-face event is going to be October 27th. So I am super excited for that. You're going to make it, right? I'm <laughs> right now. Like I'm not allowed to even leave my state right now. So. <laughs> Let us hope that many, many things positively change between now yes. and October. Between now and October. <laughs> oh yes, hoping, hoping, hoping. But I love, I love, as you said, you kind of. I, I think it's certainly. Uh, I haven't found anybody yet that with COVID nineteen didn't at least get the wind knocked out of them initially. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Absolutely. And the fact that you kind of said, I'm going to practice what I preach. I'm going to think about what we can do in the interim, you know, what we want Mm -hmm. to keep, what we want to do to build our community, because that's what Disrupt HR is really about. Yeah. And I love seeing what you and your team have done and how you are looking to expand further. Again, Disrupt HR can be, and I always have to mention Cayman. Chris Bailey is in Cayman, yes. so he, yes. he would like yes. to make sure that yes. his yes. piece of the Caribbean is still uh, out That's there. right. That's um, right. Now, I know you also, in addition to Disrupt HR, you have a podcast. You mentioned you're I starting do. a book. Yes. And you also do coaching. So you know, before we run out of time with all of your <laughs> many hats you wear, <laughs> I, I had the opportunity recently to sit with you and kind of show me some of what you're doing with your coaching. And I just got really, really excited for you. I'm more <laughs> excited than I would have gotten for myself. So tell us what you're looking to do with your coaching practice. So my coaching practice is HR at Heart. And essentially, I'm looking to work with HR professionals in every space, whether it be leadership or, you know, lower level, I'm just helping them to lead with purpose. So with that, you know, comes just learning about who you are and trying to understand, like what you asked me before, what do you like about HR? What don't you like about HR? Where do you see yourself developing your career? How do I help you to get there? So I kind of take that picture that you have that kind of looks foggy and hazy right now and help you to develop that and clear the fog as much as we can, and then give you actionable insights to move forward. And also just, especially for the Caribbean, there are a lot of things that are very new to us. And as the future of work becomes more dynamic, it's really important for us to try to, you know, hop on the train and get educated as quickly as we can. So as we talk about things like talent and development and the conversations that have come up around diversity, equality, and inclusion, And how do we really create those strategies and those policies? How do we roll out things like work from home now? Because we now know that it's possible. How do we roll those things out? How do we keep inspired despite all the things that happen to us in our role? Whether it is, as I said before, terminating someone that you know doesn't deserve to be terminated. And, you know, just kind of helping you go get through those moments. And especially dealing with things like working in the leadership space and having to discipline leaders, like people that you think should know better. Mm -hmm. 
and having to deal with that. And I know that those are things that can be very heavy on the mind of an HR professional. I feel like for so long as HR, we take on the burdens of so many. And sometimes we come home heavier every time because we don't know how to offload it. And we can't offload it in a regular way like a normal person outside of probably going to therapy. We really can't just dump it on any and everyone. And so for me, it's been a, this has been a labor of love setting up my coaching practice to help HR professionals have someone they could dump it on and kind of help you dissect and work through it and then develop your career and help you lead with purpose. And and so that's why I set it up. I love it. And I I think you have a great program for your coaching clients set up. And I love that you're continuing to give back to your Mm -hmm. community through that. So We'll link to the podcast, but tell me about mm-hmm. the book that you are, are in the process you just kicked off recently. Yes, I'm very excited about my books. So this is my first book ever, but again, it's my way of giving back to the HR community and it's kind of like my love letter to HR. So it's called Confessions of an HR Pro, Stories of Triumph and Defeat. It's a compilation of stories from HR professionals that I I love and I truly admire as we've gone through various experiences in our career as HR professionals, as it relates to leadership, talent, agile, diversity and inclusion. And so it's a compilation of stories of where we felt moments where we felt defeated, that we've triumphed over eventually and the lessons that we learned as we went through the process. It's a book that I wish someone had wrote for me when I first entered HR. And I hope that people will see it as that go-to book when when you're having those moments in your profession where you go to look to recognize there is an answer for every problem that you may possibly have. You're not the only person who has gone through it. The emotions that you're feeling at the time, someone else has felt them as well. And here's the written proof of it. And for people who are considering to enter the profession that may be still doubting or just on the fence or not quite sure where they want to go, I'm hoping that it will inspire people to enter the HR profession and look at it from the lens of all of us who are contributing to to putting this book together. I am doing it as a crowdsource and and I know that you are also going to write a part of it for me. So I'm very thankful for that. And um, yeah, it's just going to be an amazing book that I'm putting together that hopefully all HR professionals knows whether new or old or mature in the in their roles will be able to look to it for guidance and comfort as well. Well, I look forward to uh, when it is finally out there in the world. Do you have an anticipated publication date? Ah, uh, Q1, if my agent keeps me on track, which she's doing a really great job on right now. <laughs> they, they tend to, that's what you hire them for. So they tend to do that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, well, there's no turning back now. She's in my life and she's in my face every minute of the day. Hi, Julia. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, I want to kind of uh, wrap up here again. I'm just so impressed with all that you have going. And part of that is, you know, uh, throughout my career, both as an HR professional and coaching leaders and just in the everyday world, and, and I've been that person too, where you constantly hear from people who say, I just don't have the time or I just don't have the resources or the money or the this or that to do mm-hmm. 
whatever they say their dream is. Yeah. And here again, you're a, a mother of three, correct? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm sure Barbados, I have not had the chance to get there yet, but it's still an mm-hmm. island nation. So you may not have access yeah. to all the resources or the ability to travel here, there, you know, at the drop of a hat to connect with yes. people. Um, it's very expensive to travel from here. <laughs> so the fact that you have just continued to evolve yourself and grow and make connections with people around the world, both in your profession and beyond, and build communities. I'm really impressed with that. So what is your advice for those of us out there who (laughs) come up with those excuses of, I just don't have time, or maybe Mm -hmm. when my kids are out of the house, or, you know, whatever it is that we put out there that potentially holds us back from achieving our dreams? I have to answer this question with a bit of a story. Is that okay? Absolutely. I love a story. (laughs) So let's go back maybe 10 years or so when my children were a lot younger. They're they're a lot older now. They're 22, 15, and and 17. But when they were younger, I always wanted to do certain things. So like maybe start a podcast, write a book. That book has been in my head for a while. And I would always say, okay, so when the children get to high school, then, you know, I'll do this. Or with Disrupt HR, like I said, seen the format for a long time, been watching the videos on the internet and stuff. And, and for a long time, I kept saying, this event needs to come to Barbados. And I said to myself, but am I really the one to do it? Like, there's so many other amazing HR professionals in Barbados that could do this and probably do it better than me that have the resources that I don't have. And so why should I, why would I want to be the one to do it? Maybe I'll just sit back a little bit and wait because I'm sure that they've heard about it too and just haven't gotten to do it as yet. I don't think that I'm the one to do it. Or in starting my consultancy, like, are people really going to want to do my take my services? Are people going to really want to you know, sit down with me for 30 to 60 minutes at a time and hear me ask them who they are and, you know, questions that they probably know already ready because they're big and experienced and they know more than me. And all of, I got to realize all of these things are sitting in my head, in my head. And two years ago, I met a mentor in my head that I've never physically met but is a mentor nonetheless named Gary Vaynerchuk. Wow. That's one I would not have heard. <laughs> Anticipated Gary Vaynerchuk speaking a to you. <laughs> a mentor in my, I'm saying a mentor in my head because I've never met Gary Vaynerchuk, but I started to follow him on LinkedIn and Instagram. And I remember watching a video about two years ago with Gary Vaynerchuk and he was saying, you know, in his true Gary Vaynerchuk form, you know, just get out of your head. Just do it. Just get it done. If you think this is what you want to do, just do it. Just go for it. You know, if you feel so well, at least you try. And so September 2019, I decided to embark on this thing I call the year of yes, where I just decided to go for it. So I met Katrina, decided to start this HR and then I met Enrique Rubio, went on to Hacking HR and, and did a, a, a session for him, met Eric Kershaw, met Tracy Sponenberg, I met you, and all of these amazing people who just started to come into my life and, and encourage me and inspire me to you know, do better, be better. 
And I started thinking about, well, Julie, it doesn't matter if you don't have a big fat bank account. What can you do now? What can you do with this change that you have right now? And I I, I could start Disrupt HR Barbados. Great. So let's start Disrupt HR Barbados. Then I was like, but how am I going to get sponsors? How am I going to get this? And then everything just started to fall into place. Then I was like, but you know what? It's not good enough just having it in Barbados. I need to get this in Jamaica. How do I do that? Next set of money you catch, go start Disrupt HR Jamaica and do the same thing with Trinidad. And that's how I've done things. It's like, whether I have, I started my podcast with my laptop. I kid you not, nothing more than my laptop. And I started my podcast with my laptop and then eventually I bought this microphone, which thanks to Ryan Holtz, Follow his podcast and he actually one day displayed this kit of what he uses for his podcast. So far, I've only bought the microphone. I can't afford anything else. But <laughs> the uh-huh. point is you make a start, right? Right. And I've just learned, thanks to Gary Vaynerchuk, to just get out of my head and just get stuff done. So that would be my advice. That would be my advice to anyone who has been thinking about doing stuff. The fact that you are a mother of five or a mother of zero burdened down with a heavy job it doesn't matter because it's the stuff that I'm doing now outside of my nine to five that is making me happier that I've discovered myself and my self-worth my passion for HR all of those things that have inspired me to do the things that I'm doing now I'm not my nine to five so I would say you got to do the things that make you happy I need a nine to five until I can afford to not have a nine to five. But in the meantime, I'm going to do stuff that's going to really add value to my life and make me happy. And my podcast is what HR, my clients, my learning agile HR, meeting my agile HR community, meeting all of my amazing HR heroes that I never thought I would have the opportunity to sit in a space and have conversations with you, Steve Brown. Tim Sackett, like seriously, how how does that happen? Just from the power of LinkedIn and and making connections. You can't pay for what you get from LinkedIn. You can never replay LinkedIn for what they give you. That membership is nothing compared to what you get. If you take the time to build your community on LinkedIn, you can never replay those people, whoever they may be. Well, I wish so bad that people could see your face as you told that story. <laughs> I mean, you're always beautiful and smiley, but when when you have described somebody as lighting up, um, <laughs> you have lit up when you're talking about your journey and what you're learning. And I think I absolutely love that Gary Vaynerchuk is <laughs> yes! the catalyst for Gary Vaynerchuk and Shonda Rhimes. I may shout never out. meet him in life, but I am super grateful for what he has taught me. Well, Honestly. shout out to uh, Shonda Rhimes with her Year of Yes book. I'm sure that may have influenced yes. you as well. Um, absolutely. <laughs> so that's amazing. And I'd love I love your story even more now that I know kind of uh, (laughs) more about it. So thank you so much, Julie, for sharing Um, with my community about how you're making an impact out there in this world. And I look forward to seeing what you're going to be doing in the future. Where can people find you and connect with you and help you change the world? Oh, wow. So you can find me everywhere on social media on the one handle. I am Julie Turney. I am. Julie 
Turney, T-U-R-N-E-Y. Every social media handle, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. That's my handle. That's where you'll find me. All right. Well, I encourage people to connect with you there because you've got some good things going on and that tends to spread. So I love that we're connected and I appreciate you being a part of my community. Thank you so much. I appreciate you welcoming me and allowing me to be a part of your community. And I thank you so much for coming into my life. I'm so grateful to you. I cannot, I cannot repay you for sure. Well, <laughs> when we get to Barbados. I can. So. When come to Barbados. <laughs> yes. When I get to Barbados, we're going to go. It is going down. <laughs> we're going to Rihanna's. Beach. We're going to Rihanna's. <laughs> we're going to Juan Sandilino. We're going to knock on, on Rihanna's door for sure. And she's going to say, come in. Let's have a drink. Let's <laughs> have a meal. I need to get to know you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank oh. you, Julie. You're welcome. <laughs> it's time for you to get noticed, create change and grow your influence. Don't waste any time. Subscribe to this podcast and help us get the word out by leaving a review. 